tap into all of us. We need to get in touch with someone who can't or won't pick up. We get impatient, frustrated, and eventually, we worry. Valeria Mercado Medina knows the feeling. She's a student at Penn State, but on September 20th, 2017, her thoughts were 1,700 miles away in her home of Puerto Rico. A powerful storm was headed for the island, but her mother had stopped calling her with updates. And when Valeria called her, she didn't pick up. Hi, I'm Will Derry, and welcome to Puerto Rico, the new normal. Valeria is the president of the Penn State Puerto Rican Student Association. From the middle of Pennsylvania, she was tracking the hurricane that was building in the Atlantic Ocean. Puerto Ricans are accustomed to hurricanes. They know the drill, stock up on food and batteries, proceed to hunker down, but Maria was not the usual hurricane. As it moved toward Puerto Rico, Valeria's mom was keeping her updated by the hour. Then, four hours before Maria hit, the phone call stopped. And I was like, the hurricane isn't there. Why is she not calling? So I kind of like gave her that benefit of, okay, I'm going to sleep, everything's fine. The next day I woke up and obviously no one had contact and it was something that was very unexpected. So I was like, I'll give it 24 hours. Like after 24 hours, I'll worry. And then things just kept escalating and I was like, okay, I'll give it two days, three days. Then after that four day hit, I was just like, I really need to know about my family. Larry's dad was also trying to reach the family. He was in Portugal when Maria made landfall. As the news spread about the devastation on the island, he became panic-stricken. He knew Valeria was safe at Penn State, but his other daughters were on the island, and he was desperate to get to them. So he called me freaking out from Portugal, like, I can't go into the island, they won't let me, like, fly in. I need to get the girls and I need to leave again because the conditions aren't good. And at, like, this whole moment in my life, I was supposed to, like, go to class and just my everyday life. So to me, it was very, like, should I worry and, like, freak out like everyone is freaking out or should I actually continue with my day because I know that everything is okay. Valeria continued going to class, but she cried in frustration and grief those first few days when her frantic calls to Puerto Rico were met with silence. What Valeria didn't know is that the destruction all around her mom's home made everything a challenge. Even one simple task like making a phone call when the cell phone towers were mostly wiped out. Valeria had been following the coverage of Maria on Facebook, seeing images and watching videos that captured horror stories. Initial reports put the death toll at 10 people, but as days passed with no word, Valeria's fears for her mom's safety mounted. And I was like, at any point, I'm going to see like the corpse of my mother in a bit, like you really didn't know what to expect. Then, about a week after Maria, <laughs> Valeria's mom finally texted her. However, Valeria missed the text. It had come at night, and because the text from her mom came in random burst, Valeria did not know when they had been sent. The following day, Valeria's phone rang. So the next day she called me, I was in class, and I was like, Mom, and she was like, are you okay, sweetie? Do you need money? And I was like, what do you mean, am I okay? Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, why? And the thing was that because there was no service, they didn't know how the rest of the, like, they didn't even know how the next street was because they just didn't have access to news, to radio, to, like, obviously internet service, phone calls. So she was, like, completely oblivious to the rest of it until she, like, got in the car and actually went outside and saw, like, all the trees down and the lights. Once Valeria connected with her mom, she started planning and organizing ways for the Penn State Puerto Rican Student Association 
to help with the recovery effort in Puerto Rico. The island needed supplies like food and water. The shipments soon arrived at ports along Puerto Rico's coastline, but there was no truck drivers to distribute the supplies. Miles of roads and bridges were destroyed or damaged. Even those roads that were intact were littered with debris, including tree branches and down power lines. Early estimates put the cost of road repairs at $240 million. Knowing the supplies were stranded in ports, Valeria came up with a plan B. Instead of sending food or blankets or toiletries to the island, the Penn State Puerto Rican Student Association started a GoFundMe page and raised money through social media. I think that first day or two, I was like, okay, I need to do it. Um, and we sort of had that effort of just helping out whoever was in need because we knew that Mexico had just had the earthquakes and we were also devastated because of that because we were like, stuff keeps happening and we're just here like at Penn State, very, to a certain extent, privileged. Like we have roof, we have water, we have food, we have electricity. Like our biggest hustle is to like catch the bus on time or like something like that where you at the moment, you're like, oh my God, this is the end of it. But then that really like humbled me down. The association also joined an initiative called Students with Puerto Rico, which also started a GoFundMe page. The larger group was made up of students in colleges and universities across the United States. They joined forces to raise funds for the relief effort. That GoFundMe page raised more than $200,000. The proceeds were donated to an initiative called Unidos Poor Puerto Rico and other organizations that were helping victims of the storm. Unidos Poor Puerto Rico's mission is to help people who lost their homes in both Maria and Hurricane Irma, which had struck the island two weeks earlier. The organization specifically focused on helping the elderly, youth, and women. In addition to raising money on GoFundMe and social media, the Penn State Puerto Rican Student Association held donation drives on campus, and they partnered with the Pennsylvania chapter of the Sierra Club. The Sierra Club's mission is to protect and preserve the environment. In the aftermath of Maria, environmental issues were hardly a priority. Most Puerto Ricans were focused on the basic elements of survival. Shelter, food, medicine, drinking water, rebuilding the infrastructure took precedence over the island's ecosystem. That troubled Valeria. But I was like, Puerto Rico is known for, for its like habitat, for its ecosystem. Like we should do something that gives back to that and we're sure of it. So we contacted a nonprofit back home called Para la Naturaleza, which is for nature. And we decided with the Sierra Club to raise money and we would donate all that money to um, Para la Naturaleza. And we ended up donating like $7,000 that we raised and I am completely grateful for. It was like very stressful because I was like, it's so important to like care for the ecosystem at this point um, that I think to me that was like the highlight of all our efforts. And apart from that, we did a lot of interviews and you know podcasts and radio moments because we really wanted news to go out and people to know that what was happening in the island wasn't just like this faraway thing somewhere in the Caribbean. The sheer number of Puerto Ricans living on the mainland brought the story closer to communities across the country. And the loss of communication with the island created hardships for students at universities like Penn State. There are students who don't have access to money or resources to pay their tuition right now because their parents are unemployed. There are students who don't have food right now because they genuinely like need to go grocery shopping and they don't have like their parents to send them. Like All these things are really impacting the day-to-day lives. The national attention of Puerto Rico quickly faded after Maria. But when the media moved on to their next story, Puerto Ricans were now living a new normal. The experience of the hurricane had two 
opposing like reactions in each individual. So everyone had that trauma of we don't have power, we don't have water, the government um, is trying to help, but we're five million people almost in an island where like a lot of the services aren't helping. FEMA was sort of covering Texas and was covering, I think, Florida, and we have the whole president situation. So everyone had that trauma, but then some people had the whole, okay, we can get better from this, we will rise. And some people had the whole, I need to leave the island, period. Like, everyone talked a lot in the media about like, oh, restoring Puerto Rico, taking it back to how it was. and But it never really will be that way because just that trauma that everyone went through, that lifestyle change and that impact of resilience. Like, to this day, I go back home and you see the effect of people talking to you pre- prior to Maria and then after Maria. Larry had scheduled to go back at Thanksgiving break. But the airports in San Juan and other cities weren't fully operational. Getting flights in and out of Puerto Rico was difficult, and her parents didn't want her to get stuck on the island. But when Christmas rolled around, she could wait no longer. What Valeria saw when she went back home was not what she expected. I had a very specific idea of what I thought I was gonna encounter, and knowing now what I know, if I went back that Thanksgiving break, I probably wouldn't have had the same mentality about like my island and all the work that was put in. Valeria is from Aguadilla. It's on the western side of the island. Her home is about two minutes away from the local airport. Once she landed, she told her mom she wanted to go to their house. Her mom had not been back to her own house since Maria. Now, with Valeria back on the island, Mother and daughter made the journey home together. But my mom, she she had been staying at my grandmother's house because my grandmother had like a power generator and the house was empty because they passed away a while back, not because of the hurricane. And so my mom was staying there and I said, Mom, the minute I get there, like I want to stay home. I don't want to go to grandma's. And my mom hadn't been there since the hurricane. And like we went in and it was like our house was technically fine because my mom had gone back to just clean it up. But you could see like all the debris and like the paint from the wall was gone. Like the palm trees to my entrance completely gone, like they flew away. And it just, it hit me where I was like, okay, I am in the island where a month ago, maybe two, there was nothing. Like people were just, they were dying. They were literally dying for it because they didn't have water, they didn't have food. Um, And so I stayed that first night and then I was like, okay, mom, no, I need to go to my grandma's and like actually deal with this. And there were times where like the power would go off and I would freak out. I'd be like, oh my God, mom. And she would be like, this happens all the time. Like you keep doing what you're doing. Like you're walking, you keep walking. She was so used to it and I was like wow I am so like humbled by it. Valeria began to see how her island was changing and how her friends and family were adapting to their new circumstances. A lot of friends that I know like stopped eating meat or stopped eating fish because they went so long without it that they were like I don't even want it anymore or because they had to deal with the whole like no power we're just dealing with the sun. They would go to bed at 10 and wake up at 6 and I went back home and I was like why is everyone up so early like I'm usually an early person but I'm trying to sleep and they're like well We're just used to it, like everything just changed. Puerto Ricans' ability to adapt and bounce back after Maria has been well documented, and Valeria found personal strength in their resiliency. Okay, the hurricane passed through my heart, like it shattered my soul, like I was completely devastated those first months, Um, but the people that were there found a way to make so much out of nothing, out of so much uncertainty, so much doubt, so much, because I think about it now and it made me very like guilty throughout a few weeks where I would like shower in only like three minutes and turn off all the lights in my house because I was like, I'm not using any of this, like I don't need this, Um, there's people who don't have it, or I became very conscious of that, so to me the resilience that Puerto Ricans had, it was very impactful in the sense that Nowadays, you see that every challenge they go through is just like, we survived Maria, like, this is nothing. 
Last summer, in 2018, Valeria returned a second time to Puerto Rico. Months had passed since her first visit after Maria, but it was still an emotional homecoming. One of my favorite beaches had this amazing like port and it was huge and because of the hurricane the port went down. Sort of like a fisherman's house kind of like got stuck in the sand and now it's like a really small area of sand. And there are these changes that you're just like, well, you can't really do much here. But it also, the spirit of just being home after all that is very empowering. And I don't mean it in a sense of like, oh, look how great I'm doing back at Penn State and I'm so like helping you that are here, but it's rather like, oh wow, no matter where I go, this is my home and this is what my people went through and this is something that I am so proud of. But it was like this reminder that there's always a way to start fresh, there's always a way to start new and whatever it is, we'll, we'll do it together. Like there's just, we just have to do it. Valeria is a senior who is double majoring in psychology and philosophy at Penn State. On the next episode of Puerto Rico, The New Normal. I knew in my mind that nothing happened to her, but I wanted to listen to her voice. I wanted to know if she was okay, if she was not hungry, if she had all the resources to eat and be healthy because she has cancer. That didn't happen for two weeks, my friend, and that was kind of scary. That's Rafael Mejia, who wasn't able to reach his sick mother or get her medication delivered for weeks after Maria. He was particularly frustrated because communication is his profession on the board of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists in Puerto Rico. You'll also be guiding us, a class of Penn State journalism students, as you report on Puerto Rico, the new normal. Follow my coverage of Puerto Rico on Facebook, on the Penn State International Reporting page, on Twitter, at WillDairy1, and Instagram, at WillDairy1. And follow the hashtag PSUNPR.